Welcome, everybody, to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. What does it mean to be patriotic? I mean, the name of this show is Pac-Man, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm sure everybody is at least tries to be patriotic in their own way. But there are a lot of people, especially a lot of young people, who I think they view being patriotic as being uh, passe or old-fashioned. And I'm not saying they don't love their country. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But there are a lot of people. I'll give you an example here. There is a group of Democrats in the state of Arizona. I read this last week. And they were having a an F the 4th celebration. F the 4th. And they're Democrats. Now, I don't know where it wasn't the entire state of Arizona or the entire party of Arizona, but these people are all Democrats. And they had this big bash, this big celebration, F the 4th. I'm thinking, and I know it's it's communist-driven. This is all driven by the people who despise this country. They're communists. They're Marxists. They are progressive leftists, however you want to you know, describe them. America is a great nation, a truly exceptional nation. And there's nothing wrong with being exceptional. Not every nation is the same. Not every person is the same. Some people are better than other people. In the eyes of God, we're all equal. But some people are just born for whatever reason. We all have our own talents and gifts that God has given us. Some people are more intellectual, more uh, more scholastically inclined. Some people are more mechanically inclined. People are good with their hands. They work well with their hands. We have surgeons. We have mechanics. We have baseball players. We have softball players. We have basketball players. I mean, everybody has some kind of talent or several talents that God has given them. We have to know the source. We have to recognize the source of our gifts, and that's God, obviously. July 4th is a special day in America for obvious reasons. I'm not going to talk about what happened on July 4th. Everybody knows or should know what transpired on July 4th, 1776. But there, you know, it's a special date in history. When you look at the presidents, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, lifelong friends. I'm sure most people know this, this story. They, were clo- they worked closely together when the nation was founded in 1776. Jefferson was 33, and I think Adams was a little older. But they had a falling out, and a lot of it centered around what was happening in France. Jefferson, in 1789, he he supported the French Revolution. Adams did not. He did not want Jefferson to get involved with what was happening in France. Jefferson had kind of a, a, a radical bent to him. Because in 1789, he was 46 years old. He was a middle-aged man. He was not the young man who founded, helped to found the nation. And he went through kind of a radical period in his political development. He came back when he became president. He became uh, certainly more conservative. But Jefferson and Adams had had a falling out. They didn't speak to each other for years. And finally, on their deathbeds, both men died July 4th, 1826. Same day, same year. They had some kind of reconciliation, both in their 80s. And it's an incredible story. Two of the founding fathers, James Monroe, another founder, the nation's fifth president. He was, I think, the final founding father to serve as president. He died July 4th as well. And one president was born on July 4th. My favorite, one of my favorite presidents, Calvin Coolidge, was born in Plymouth Notch, Vermont, 150 years ago. July 4th. That's the 5th as I record this. 
And it's probably the sixth or even later as you're listening to it. Silent Cal Coolidge. Man of very few words. He was a thinking man, though. He really was a, an excellent speechwriter. He delivered and wrote most of his own speeches. And a friend of mine who uh, I've interviewed several times, had him on my radio show, oh, maybe a dozen times over the years, David Petrusha, is a uh, Calvin Coolidge historian. He is an expert on everything Coolidge. I don't care what it is. You, you, there's so many interesting facts to all the presidents, but Silent Cal has so many great stories connected to him, and David Petrusha knows all of them. And we'll have to get David on the on this podcast at some point when I learn how to to uh, to zoom and and do that that kind of thing. My daughter will have to set me up. But uh, so Calvin Coolidge actually was born on July fourth, and uh, it's a great day. And we had a great time. The Flint family and the uh, uh, the in laws, my my father in law and mother in law, and uh, one of my brothers in law, his kids, a friend of the uh, friend of the family, and, and their three or four kids. They all came out and we had we saw an incredible uh, fireworks display in Greenwich at the at the fairgrounds the Washington County Fairgrounds and I'm telling you I've seen a lot of 4th of July celebrations a lot of fireworks over my 63 years I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this we had perfect I would say garden row seats we were right where the the action was and the the Washington County Fairgrounds it must be 50 60 maybe 80 acres of open fields, and uh, there isn't a bad seat in the whole place. And it was just incredible. And it, it was a half an hour long. And I mean, some of these these fireworks were just, I've never seen anything like it. It was really, they did a, really a fine job. And we had our own fireworks display, I think, a little bit before that, actually the night before. My brother, Justin, came up with us, and he bought some fireworks, and we had some from a couple of years ago. Anyway, so July 4th is not just another day. And, uh, you know, anybody who says it is, is uh, is off their rocker, basically. Let's, uh, oh, I want to tell you, too, what we did on uh, Friday, last Friday. We went to see a ball game in Rensselaer. My, my wife and I and our four children and my mother-in-law and father-in-law and one or two of their kids. Actually, uh, their two sons, two of my brothers-in-law, they... Uh, Bought our way in. They bought tickets for us. And my mother-in-law actually threw out the first pitch of the uh, Tri-City Valley Cats game, which they won 8-3. to three. And uh, and she did pretty well. You know, she's she's going through some therapy for her shoulder. She's had some injuries over the years. She's going to be 75 years old in October, I think. And she went out and one of my uh, nephews was teaching her, working with her, showing her how to throw, throw out the first pitch so she didn't look like, you know, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> We threw out the first pitch a year or two ago. I forget what game it was. I mean, he throws just horribly, but she did quite well. And uh, in the Valley or the uh, Tri City Valley Cats won the game eight to three. And one of their uh, pitchers is a New York Mets prospect. His name is uh, Rocker, Kumar Rocker. So anyway, the uh, there's a backstory here to the uh, Tri City Valley Cats game. The one of the guys he's a big shot with the organization, the Valley Cats. He is uh, he's more than an usher, but he he helps people get to their seats, and he's really entertaining. There's a name for what he does, but his name is Joe, and I can't think of his last name. But he loves uh, everything Norman Rockwell, and he got talking to my brother-in-law, one of my brothers-in-law is a state trooper, and they're friends. And he says, "Do you like art? Do you ever hear of?" He asked my brother-in-law, "Have you ever heard of Norman Rockwell?" And my brother-in-law said, "Just every day of my life." 
And my mother-in-law's, I, I may have mentioned this to you, it was a, uh, a model for Norman Rockwell when she was five years old. She was in the Golden Rule with her older brother and, uh, and, and their mother. And it's quite a, quite a story. Anyway, so this guy, when he found out my mother-in-law was a, a Norman Rockwell model, he just went, he went nuts. He just couldn't believe it. So he invited us to the game. Maybe he bought our way. I'm not sure, but we didn't have to pay to, to get into the Valley Cats game. And it was just an, it was a great night all the way around. It was a beautiful night until I guess we got some rain later after the game ended. But this guy was just so taken by my mother-in-law and her being, you know, affiliated with Norman Rockwell that uh, it was it was quite a night. I don't want to, half the show's gone here and I haven't gotten into too much. And I'm not going to talk about politics this evening, I have nothing really prepared. I could talk about January 6th and how much of a waste of time it is, waste of taxpayer dollars, because they're, they're after Donald Trump. The Democrats and their their uh, handmaidens in the media are trying to take down Trump before he even launches a bid for the White House again, a second bid. And he's been impeached twice. For what? We don't know. Now they want to indict him. They want him in prison. But for What? What did he do wrong? Did he incite an insurrection on January 6th? There was no insurrection. But they're trying to get Trump. They're trying to, dis- to destroy him forever because they view him as a threat. And I think he is a threat. He's still the, the, the power in the Republican Party. Now, whether he's going to seek a second term, whether DeSantis uh, seeks a second term, a lot of very prominent people think that Trump should not run again. I'm kind of on the fence on this. You know, every day, depends on what day, what mood I'm in, what I hear in the news. I mean, I love Donald Trump. I love his policies. One national talk show host, Billy Cunningham, the great American who can be heard locally on uh, the biggest talk station in the market on Sunday nights at 10. He says he loves Trump. He says, I love the Trumpster, but I don't think he should run again. He's got too many picadillos. And the peccadillos are what's going to cost him if he were to run again, according to this one prominent talk show host, Billy Cunningham. And a lot of people agree. They say, you know, we, Donald Trump did great for us. He did for America what no president has done since the founders. And I, I got thinking about this. He actually, the first president in my lifetime to publicly put America first. Now, you'd like to think that every president who takes the oath of office would put America first. But we see from the current president that Biden does not put America first. He thinks he views America as one nation out of 190, as Obama did, and so many other uh, Democrats, and maybe Republicans too. America is just a, yes, it's a good nation. It's a powerful nation economically and militarily, but that's that's it. We're, we, we're blessed with great land and and we were blessed by God with uh, so much. That's why we're great. Now, we're great for a reason, because of our, our founding. And the men who founded this nation were people, were lovers of freedom, lovers of liberty, and lovers of God, frankly. And they put America first. Trump put America first, and the left hates him for it. They may hate him for a few other things, for a few other reasons. But I think the left despises this nation. They loathe America and everything she stands for. And they they hate you and they hate me. They hate patriots. They hate people who love the nation, who express that love, who show it on the 4th of July, who show it every single day of their lives by getting up, playing by the rules, going to work, earning a living, paying their taxes on time. The people on the left despise us. So many of these people don't work for a living. A lot of them have money. 
A lot of people here locally in Cambridge on the left have money. They don't travel 30, 40 miles to work every day. I don't want any pats on the back because I do that. So many people I know travel long distances to get to work. They work long hours. They work weekends. They work two jobs, many of them. But many of these people on the left, I never see them leave their homes, but they all have money. They're living off inheritances. That's what they're doing. They're living off other people's money and other people's wealth and, and hard work. But anyway, that's, I'm getting sidetracked. Yes, I think Donald Trump, I don't think anybody in the Republican Party can do it like Trump can. That's what I'm thinking now. DeSantis is great, but he's not the personality that Trump is. He doesn't have the baggage. Maybe he would be a better candidate. A friend of mine emailed me. He said, you know something? I, I don't think DeSantis is a number two. He's not a beta male. He's, he's going to top the ticket. Well, okay, great. But do you think Trump could be a number two? You think it'd be DeSantis Trump? Would Trump stand for that? After being the party's standard bearer for the last, you know, six years. I don't think it would work that way. I think Trump has got to run his course. And I think there are a number of a very, we have a very deep uh, bench in the Republican Party. Any number of 15, 18 Republicans I can name would be great presidents. We all know who they are. Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, uh, DeSantis. There are so many governors, Republican governors who would be great. But I think Trump still is the power in the party. And maybe we'll, we'll find out, I think, after the uh, the midterms. If Republicans take control of the House and definitely if they take control of the Senate, I think Trump will announce he's going to run again. Those, those are my thoughts on that. All right. Very good. I guess uh, I mentioned the fireworks. Calvin Coolidge mentioned him. I just jotted down a few little Arizona Democrats. Yeah, F, F, the, F the fourth celebrations. So we know how they think. You know, my, my daughter's got me a, a American flag shirt that I wear faithfully as, as much as I can wear it in the summertime. It's getting a little small for me now. It's shrinking. It must be shrinking. I'm not getting any bigger. But I wear it, you know, faithfully and proudly as much as I can. And when I wear it, I usually get comments from uh, from people you wouldn't think would say, hey, that's a nice looking shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? And I get some odd looks too from these liberals in, in Albany. They hate it. They see the American flag. They, they know right away. They see a flag shirt or any symbol of America. They, they figure, well, there's a Trump supporter. There's uh, somebody who's uh, a knuckle dragger. But I'm proud of it. All right. That's about going to wrap things up. Don't forget, hit like. Hit subscribe and hit share. If you like this program, please hit subscribe and tell your friends about it. Hit share on uh, Facebook and other social media sources and uh, leave a comment in the comment section. And thank you very much for tuning us in. And don't forget, listen to the fine programs we have for you on the BMG Network, the Ken Burns Show, the Adrian Ross Show every Tuesday. This program airs on Wednesdays and uh, The Essentials with my daughter, Maddie Flint airs on Fridays. So that's about going to wrap things up. Again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N at the BMG Network.com, all lowercase. I'm Ted Flint. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Ted Flint.